Welcome to Sonata Secrets with Henrik Tilham, unlocking the world of classical music. When we hear the name Franz Liszt, we normally think of virtuosic music and swooning ladies. But as all great composers, he has many sides to his artistic personality, and this piece shows one of them. from a set of six pieces that he called consolations for their calm and comforting nature. There are two versions and it's slightly complicated how they relate to each other. He only published the second version as catalogue number S172 in 1850. The first version was discovered as manuscripts written before and published only long after Liszt's death in 1992 with the catalogue number S171A. The other five, except this one, are basically the same pieces in different versions. Liszt reworked them and made them simpler. You get the feeling that it took away a lot of notes and only left the absolutely necessary ones. But number three in the earlier set did not make it to the second version. Instead he used that material for the first Hungarian Rhapsody. So then he wrote one completely new piece to join the others as the published set of six. And that's this famous number three. As it happens, it's the one that fits best with the title, with its lento placido, placidly calm. The other ones still have some more life to them, even in the second, simpler version. And there is something religious to this music, the way it has the purpose of comforting, as you would put your trust in a higher being and feel safe and secure from evil. Liszt himself retreated from the world stage and moved into a monastery outside of Rome in 1863, so this somehow feels like a precursor to that way of life. So the comforting comes from Liszt always returning to the tonic D flat major with this lovely deep bass note. And the, only the chord notes D flat major make it resonate so lovely. And have to mention here, there's a Chopin Nocturne in the same key, D-flat major, opus 27, number two, that's suspiciously alike in the beginning. It goes like this. So Chopin had passed away in 1849, just one year before Liszt wrote the Constellation, so maybe it's an homage to Chopin. I don't think it has to be, but it's a nice thought if it was. Anyway, back to Liszt. Uh, we set the scene with this, just the D-flat major. And then the melody enters on this chord. the half diminished G, half diminished, very ambiguous and kind of uncertain, but then immediately in the next bar,
we get the resolution from half diminished to A flat 7 and F is the 6th, another suspension resolving to back to D flat. So immediately we get a little bit of uncertainty and then the comforting. I have to mention this uh, bass note thing. So you're supposed to like hold it in the pedal and then change with the half pedal. So keep this resonating. And I think change only when the left hand comes in. So the first beat here, even maybe the pedal marking says on the beat but keep the sound here and then change on the G. Same. It's, it can be quite hard to keep it in the half pedal. And if you have a grand piano and a, the middle pedal, the third pedal in the middle, you can use that to keep the D flat uh, even more resonating. sparkling on top uh, to end the phrase. Now we get the same melody a second time. But now we take another path from the half diminished. So we go to C7 to F minor. It's lovely how it can go both ways and sound so harmonious, this chord. They're magic half diminished chords. So now we're in F minor, it's very close in the tonality of D flat major. It's the third scale degree. Now the melody uh, for the third time have some tension. It's a, a normal diminished, not half diminished. So now the melody is reaching higher and it's building some tension here that needs to be resolved. And luckily <laughs> we get this chord. It's a D flat second inversion. A flat in the bass, so A flat 6 4 chord is clearly a cadential progression uh, coming here. And the melody gets a bit excited to be <laughs> having a cadence. And there it is. So here we have the same half diminished, but now over. A flat. So this resolution is even more stable. So that's the first page and the first round the melody. Now we get the same melody but with an added octave. So now 
we cannot get into the middle section and there are there will be some harmonic adventures here so we're in F minor and in order to have proper comforting we need a little bit of pain and that's what we get here so we stay in F minor C7 to F minor and with an added octave or an octave higher up. Now, so it's going F minor, C7 the dominant, and then F major is the classic major switch that makes it so feel so nice because you think it's gonna be minor. Dolcissimo, very, very sweet. But we cannot continue going here. This A minor is close to F major, just switch the F for an E. We have A minor second inversion. And E7 to A minor. Now we get the same thing, but from A minor, so... Major. Actually going back to D flat major with this amazing mechanism from A major to D flat major second inversion it's with the bass note because the bass, bass notes are close together and cadential A flat 7 If we look here at the harmonic destinations that we pass through, we're coming from D flat major, then we go to F major, and go to A major, and then to back to D flat. These are perfect medians, a third up, and it's perfectly symmetrical within the scale. And maybe there's something to be said about this uh, symmetrical perfection of romantic tonality or of the word. And here is just to detail this uh, motion. In the beginning we have F on top. Now it's expanded a little bit. It's a little bit wider with A flat. This is the same melody, but now it's in the low register and it's kind of halted. And I think this is like a human reflection. We've kind of been up in heaven before, but now it's a little bit more down to earth. But it's back up straight away.
this is a new surprise. C flat is the seven, D flat seven. That means we're going into D flat territory. That's the four chord in D flat, and it's a typical sign that we're in the code, approaching the end, uh, resting on the four chord with D flat in the bass. Final switch here to A major. This is the same mediant that we had in the middle. And it's like Liszt can't help himself here. We have to have a, a small cadenza to uh, go up with a little bit of faster note, but it's very restrained still for being Liszt compared to like the Liebestraum number three. Otherwise, also a very lovely, calm piece, but there he really, it's about love and it's much more passionate and with big cadences. Here it's only a small cadenza. And of course, from A major back to D flat major. And this is we're at the end, we're up in heaven, but for the final bars, we uh, come down to earth and it's, I think it's a nice connection of, uh, of the two realms. And slowing down. It's really a lovely piece of music. And it's not too hard, as long as you can get the left hand to be as comfortable as the musical character prescribes. Thanks for watching Sonata Secrets, and the Patreon shoutout in this episode goes to F. Lematcher and Jay Brady.